there, everybody. Uh, this is the Tortured Fan Bases podcast. I am your host, Kurt Thompson, joined by Noah Huntley. Uh, hey. William Fife is not on this Yet. afternoon. Yet. Yes. He's, he's stuck in traffic, and we are just like eagerly anticipating the arrival of our fearless leader who yeah. can't stop working. It's it's the trade deadline, you know. If he reinforcements are inbound, he yeah. might be here reinforcements at the engineering fear firm that he works at <laughs> he, he, they need to trade for someone else they need to trade away fife bring him back to us we'll give them twenty dollars cash consider a prospect <laughs> we'll the give them a second we'll, at math in high school <laughs> we'll give them a couple second year engineering students at the university of northern kentucky in, in exchange for will fife <laughs> we're, we're trading on future upside here that's what we're banking on yeah, we're we're team ready to win now. We're we're, we're fine. Um, Speaking so of trades, yes, we had. Well, first of all, guys, we are really sorry. We recorded before the trade deadline, and we're like, we're going to record right after the trade deadline, and it's August seventeenth, and we haven't done anything. Haven't um, have not covered it. Uh, we we've dealt with Thompson moving, Fife picking up every available time that he can work. Me, I don't know what I've been doing. I've been traveling. I've been all over the country. Like this has been, we've been trying. I promise we've been trying. But we're here. We're back. We're making an effort. We're we're gonna we're gonna push through. Oh yeah, yeah. Our group message looks like a missed connections section on Craigslist. <laughs> Just like, well, I can do this day. Can you guys do this day? No, I can't. Well, I can do this specific time. Well, I can't do this specific time. So, just the uh, the intricacies of running a podcast that you don't think about when you start it. You're, yeah, true. Yeah, we never yeah. thought like, oh yeah, getting three guys' schedules to line up in the summer. No worries, this will be fine. But all good, all good. Anyways, trade deadline. What do we think? Big so takeaways. I, I'm I'm looking more at who who made moves that the team wanted because the Red Sox players wanted and i understand not you know this isn't the season to go make a huge splash or i understand that but that's one where i felt like it was a miss by management not at least helping out because pitching's a huge and the al east is now not as daunting as it was or the yankees are a 500 team Yankees are incredibly mediocre. Yeah. And it's re- it's sad to watch. Like, mm-hmm. as much as, like, I love seeing the Yankees lose, I like seeing it when they should be winning 100 games. Mm-hmm. Like, the Yankees should be killers. That roster, dude, I mean, there there's weaknesses for sure, but... There's so much talent. They should not be 60 and 61. Uh, that that talent's geriatric. Uh, okay, sure. I'll 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 grant you that. I've run faster in the last year than Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> I don't think Giancarlo Stanton's run. Does he have a stolen base this year? Dog, if he's got a stolen base, it's because he went to Academy, went to the baseball section. And jogged out, I think, is what we can call that. <laughs> yeah, that man. Uh, that man is not a right fielder anymore. That man is a DH. Um, no, he has zero stolen bases this year. 
he has been worth how much how many war do you think he's been worth point zero two zero homeboy has been worth zero war I enjoy knowing how much he's getting paid to contribute to the Yankees the same amount of wins that I am. That that warms my heart. <laughs> In fact, he might be doing less than you. I don't know. I've been sending some pretty, pretty gnarly vibes their way. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, I mean... I mean, our, our, one of the other things blowing up on our group chat has been um, Fife just rebutting uh, Thompson's desire to uh, trade for Jonathan India or get anybody off of the Reds. But it was really a, tra- a disappointing trade deadline for the Red Sox. They didn't do anything, man. Did you you guys trade someone away? Did you did you do anything noteworthy? Uh, Luis Urias, who I like, I dig that guy. I think he's I think he's pretty good. I think he's going to play much closer to his potential. But again, we had Yu Chang, Pablo Reyes. Like we had Christian Arroyo. Like we we had a number of guys that were all at middle infield. Nowhere else. I just didn't get that. But I like the player. He's a really good upside play. But this is a division. I mean, the Orioles are an incredible team. I think the Orioles are going to win the AL East for the next two, three years. Isn't that just a wild sentence to say? Yeah, it's. But I'm I'm stoked. But I don't think they're a World Series team because what starting like what's who 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 are they going to throw on the mound? Like who's starting the games? They don't have a lockdown playoff proven pitcher. And yeah, I hope they do. Like they're a fun team to watch. I hope they, they did trade for Jack Flaherty. Okay. They got, they got him from the Cardinals. And so they do have a guy that's playoff tested, but I totally get what you're saying. I mean, they're kind of like, I don't want to sit here and draw comparisons to the 2019 twins just because I'm reliving the glory days, but the 2019 twins were such a surprise, right? You have a bunch of young talent and they all kind of coalesce together at the exact right time. You add in Nelson Cruz and some veteran talent, um, but they didn't have any playoff experience. Right. And so when they got there, they choked, they got swept in three games by the Yankees. I don't want to say that like, that's going to happen to the Orioles, but I'm going to be very intrigued to see what happens to them in the playoffs. I I would have really, really liked for the Orioles to get Giolito. I think he's overrated. I think he's better than what they've got. That's a fair point, they, but they just because he's Giolito, I don't say anything about their playoff odds. But the issue is the amount of movement or the amount you'd have to pay for a guy like, uh, I mean, I would rather they get Verlander. If you're going to pay for a rental, I would say go for the big guns, man. If you think this is your year to make a run, and when you've got, you know, Gunnar Henderson and you've got, um, you know, Adley Rutschman behind the plate, I wouldn't say trade for Giolito, a guy who's having a down year. I'd say go for the big guns, man. If you can get Verlander and Scherzer, that was that would have been my play. Swing for the fences, dude. You've got the prospect capital to get away with that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You're they were, right. They were, they were too worried about their uh, their announcer. 
that was the can we just let's just take a second to say that's the stupidest thing that's ever happened this year outside of the whole Wander Franco situation which we're not going to talk about um that is the dumbest thing that's happened I that is quite possibly the worst vibes decision I can imagine so so let's give a little background here. So the Orioles have an announcer named uh, Kevin Brown, and he's new to the role, right? So they they had a guy, Gary Thorne, for a while. He left the team. The team, I think they fired him, which isn't great. great. Gary Thorne's a great announcer. But <laughs> Kevin Brown, they go to Tropicana Field, and the Rays have just, like, you know, been big brother to little brother for the last few years with the Orioles. Like, it just hasn't been close. And Kevin Brown just kind of makes a comment like, you know, the Rays have had our numbers for the last couple of years. And that's not an unsightly comment for a hometown team's announcer to make. Uh, The amount of times I've heard Dick Bremer, the Twins play-by-play announcer, say, you know, we don't play the Yankees very well. The Yankees beat us quite a bit uh, every single time we play them. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. The Red Sox, play anytime they're playing Rowdy Telez, you will... I mean, the announcers could go down and kiss him. It's they're like the Red Sox killer. He's a he's a and he is, but that's because the announcer cares about the team. He, he knows the Red Sox and who plays well against them. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's crazy to not like it's it's disrespectful to your players to not acknowledge that. Hey, this year y'all are special, like. This year, y'all are playing like very, y'all are playing great against this team. This is different. Like that's that's a great mindset. Going no 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 don't 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 mess it up. That's bad. That's gonna mess it up. That's yeah ugh. yeah. So, anyways, the the Orioles suspended Kevin Brown for his comments, and um, there's not much that unites the baseball world. Uh, <laughs> but the entire baseball world just kind of united in uh, looking at the Orioles and saying, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, what was the purpose of that decision? And Kevin Brown has come out and said that he's good. Everything's good between yeah. him and, him. and people were weird about that. He, he, there's, there's only 30 jobs as a baseball announcer. Like, if he discussed it with the team, they saw the backlash. Yeah. If, hey, homeboy got paid and job security. I'll take. Oh, ooh, I was trending on Twitter. Yeah, that'll be reflected in my bonus. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of issues with that suspension, but Kevin Brown is back in the booth. The Orioles, they didn't come out and apologize. So they came out and they're like, yep, we're working with them. No worries. We'll get it. I, I think part of it was kind of drew due to the outlash because they got lambasted on uh, on X, not on Twitter. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. Twitter. Yeah, they got they got lambasted on X and all the social media platforms. So, I mean, good on baseball, good on baseball's fans, good on baseball teams, good on baseball for rallying behind Kevin Brown, but Shout like the Orioles for, for signing one of the largest contracts in Orioles history. Also, <laughs> um, the extension they're about to give him is why they didn't go for Verlander. Actually, it's going to rival the the Chris Davis extension, seven years, hundred and sixty million, and it's probably going to age just as well if he keeps commenting on. Well, we lost to this team in uh 
yeah, as as punishment, they had to pick up Anthony Rendon's contract. <laughs> Man, just kind of sitting here thinking about it. I feel like the last big money contract given to a free agent that really panned out, um, international not counting, Shohei doesn't count. It's got to be Scherzer with the Nationals. That seven-year, $210 million contract, like he destroyed baseball for those seven years. True. I mean, I, you've got to, I think it's different. Like you've got to consider success because mm-hmm. Chris Sale, some people look at as a disappointment and he does, which he's got a world series. He's like a psychopath, man. The dude's an animal. And 100%. I, I remember him when he came to Boston, he was a monster. Like people weren't touching that. People forgot very quickly. And yeah, he hasn't been the most healthy. It happens. Like, not, yeah. it's not his fault. Like, yeah. And so that makes the contract really, really hard. Cause I mean, sometimes you have guys like Barry Zito where they sign a big money contract and they just don't perform well. Right. Um, Jordan Zimmerman signs a five year, $110 million contract with the Tigers and then it proceeds just his performance falls off a cliff. It's a lot easier to just kind of look at the deal and go, what are you doing? But, yeah. you know, the sale deal or the the last Steven Strasburg deal where he opted out of the World Series. I mean, you know, peace and love to Steven Strasburg. Good on you for signing a contract worth a quarter of a million dollars and then proceeding to not throw a pitch for the last three years. Like that dude, that dude needs to write a book about the art of the deal because he, uh, <laughs> he has fleeced the Washington Nationals. But you feel for the guy, right? Because Strasburg is a competitor. He wants to be out there. He's not sitting on the bench, not working like. He's got, he's, I think he had Tommy John. He's got thoracic outlet syndrome. He's got everything, dude. Yeah, he threw his, he gave his arm to baseball. That he, postseason, he said, one of the greatest postseason pitching performances we're ever going to see. Absolutely. And again, that's why I'm like, you can't look at that deal and like, this is a guy who gave his arm to the Nationals. Yeah. And, and was like, use this to win. We're going to win a World Series with this because this might be one of the best arms in the last hundred years. He he legitimately was outstanding. And again, like, do the Nationals even compete if they don't sign Steven Strasburg to that deal? Uh, and I think it's less about competing and more about, like, they just kind of paid $250 million over the next seven years for a World Series, which is, as a for, for a fan of a team that hasn't won a World Series since eight years before I was born, if you tell me that, like, we're going to win a World Series this year and I'm going to sign Pablo Lopez to a seven-year, $245 million contract, he's going to be the postseason MVP and then never pitch an inning for us again, I'm probably going to make that deal. Yeah. It's not my money. So, like, as a fan, I mean, you, you got what you asked for, right? When you, when you drafted Harper and you drafted Strasburg, you wanted a World Series at the least, and they got a World Series. Now, with Harper, which is hilarious, but they got it. And that's all you can hope for, right? You won. Congrats. Move on. That's, that's exactly – I mean, building a dynasty is impossible. It's, right. It's, you can't plan that. You can put building – you can put blocks in place. But sometimes it just doesn't gel. You don't get a New England Patriots in baseball. You can't. You don't get the Yankees from the 90s. You don't. It. 
I'm very much in favor of let's let's ride. Let's let's throw money at this. Let's throw the best we got at it. One one World Series is a it's a World Series. Like yeah, that's there's not a price tag on that. Like I'm sorry, I I don't feel bad. I I think owners should write some checks. That's that's always been my my perspective. Yeah, I mean it's not our money, right? Like go go wild with owners. Um, wow, we have gotten so far off topic. Trade deadline, and we're cool. on the 2019 World Series or 2020 or 2021, whatever that was. Um, Just looking at a picture of Dustin Pedroia. It's got it's got weird lipstick that kind of looks like mine, but don't even worry <laughs> about it. You know, um, I saw a commercial the other day. I'm sure you know it. It's uh Dustin Pedroia after like his AL MVP winning series. And he was reading, he had his, he read like a mean tweet to somebody. He's like, Dustin Pedroia can't hit the inside fastball. And he's sitting there with his hitting coach and his hitting coach is like reading off a script. Dustin Pedroia is the best swing in the entirety of major league baseball. And Pedroia is like staring at his hitting coach with crazy eyes, mouthing every single word. And I was like, that sums up Dustin Pedroia. Dude was an A1 psychopath. And he was so much fun to watch on the baseball field. Because he's a little guy, right? For all the five, six second basemen like myself, we love Dustin Pedroia. I mean, God, I would, uh, Petey, I miss him. I miss Petey. Yeah, dude was a dude was just a competitor. I mean, he was going to be out there, rain, shine, injury. Dude was just going to play and play his heart out. The difference, and it was so fun watching silky smooth Robinson Cano on the Yankees against gritty like just covered in filth dustin pedroia that uniform is never clean no and robinson cano might be one of my favorite second baseman ever like i I love i feel like there are a few things in baseball better than watching robinson cano's left-handed swings send a pitch to the seats in yankee stadium because it was so effortless i've got one a backhand with a throw to first Robinson Cano. I still I prefer the swing, but yes, he was a good defensive second baseman. This 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 ooh, it was butter. It was butter. It, it didn't was, make sense. It was like traits. Do you remember Trey Turner slide into home plate like yes. two years ago? That was yes. that was like the entirety of Robinson Cano's career. That was just him at second base, man. What are you talking yeah. about? It's Tuesday. Do you just what yeah, I do he on just. Tuesday? Yeah, he was he was never like dead serious on the baseball field, right? He always just looked like he was having fun. And then he got Dustin Pedroia playing across from him, looking like he's never had fun a day in his life playing this game. Just eating dirt because he likes it. Yeah. And then he got Cano just kind of like chilling. That was three bombs. One of my and yeah, both of them would go five for five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's that's like the that's that's the beautiful thing about baseball, right? For every like insane guy, you've got a Joe Maurer who he doesn't smile, doesn't laugh, just just kind of exists. And he's just he's just unnaturally good at everything he does. It's hey, it's baseball, man. Yeah. But I I'll I'm gonna finish the AL East real quick and just give my, <laughs> my thoughts. Foot view. Right. Um <laughs> The AL East, at one point this year, I was very vocal about being an impossible division. The AL East is not a daunting division, in my opinion, anymore. The Orioles are going to win the division. They are an incredible okay. team. But like I said, I, I, 
I don't love their rotation. The Rays, their rotation is injured. They've got yeah. an all-star team on the IL. I don't see them playing up to the standard they were at the beginning of the year. The Blue Jays, Alec Manoa didn't work. I mean, Bo Bichette is hurt. There's, there's holes popping up. The Red Sox have holes popping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my birthday was August 5th when the Red Sox were swept by the Blue Jays that series. Mm. I decided to stop watching the Red Sox for a little bit. They started winning games. I watched the last two nights just to see them get decimated by the Nationals. Hit some home runs. Had some cool plays. You lost to the Nationals. You've got holes. The Yankees don't exist. The Yankees aren't a real team at the moment. Let's pop over to the AL Central. How you feeling? Dude, I don't think I can do anything quite to that level. I, I want to comment on a few things. Um, the Rays are not the same team that started the year off 13-0. and Okay. No. Um, and it, it, it hurts to say it because at the beginning of the year, we were all like, dude, World Series are bust. Yeah. Rays are incredible. But then you're completely all right. I mean, McClanahan goes down, needs Tommy John. You've got a ton of guys that need surgery, a ton of guys on the IL. And that just kind of sucks to see, right? I mean, yeah, no one, no one for the competitive balance of baseball wants to see anyone go on the IL. It's just a stupid way to win games, right? If you win a game against a team that's at half strength, even if they're a good baseball team, you're like, well, that doesn't really count. Yeah. And it, it just, it hurts baseball, right? But Toronto, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I think the race for third place would be interesting. How close are you guys to a wild card right now? Let's see. We're going uh, three. three oh, looks like a three and a half back. That's yeah. not insurmountable. Okay. No. Yeah. And you're just trailing Toronto. Yeah. For it. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at, at the state. I don't, it's not, I like the Red Sox against either of those teams in for the wild card. Genuinely. I think the Red Sox are playing much more Red Sox oriented base, like stereotypical Red Sox baseball. Yeah, I think the wild card is going to be an interesting race here. Um, the AL Central's out of it. The AL Central's not getting a wild card. They don't deserve a wild card. Um, my recap: the AL Central will be like this. Um, the Twins infuriating as always we will do very very well and then we'll throw dallas keiko on the mound and we'll lose 13 to 2 um Ew, hey bro, winner, man. bro he, his first start um i forget who it was against it was against the diamondbacks and he throws five innings and he gives up like eight or nine hits but they're all just like pathetic soft contact dribblers past the mound base hit base hit one double everyone's like this is dallas keiko man it's gonna be a boost to our rotation and goes out there against the Phillies a week later and gets up, gives up like nine runs in two innings. And we're like, okay, this is why this dude couldn't find a job. Let's not put him out there. Yeah. Um, hey, bro. I, I mean, I watched Corey Kluber. <laughs> I mean. A you dude, watched Corey Kluber. I've watched Luke Weaver for a year. I mean, growing up, Kluber was the man. You're talking to a guy that had to watch him pitch, man. Dude was filthy. He was so fun to watch. Watching him this year was sad. <laughs> like, we played the Sox earlier this year and Kluber is pitching and it was just like a shell. Um, he's not recognizable compared to the guy that he was with. He's just an innings eater now. Cause when he was with the Indians, man, um, he oh wasn't my goodness. Innings. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's painful. It's the painful. Bulimic innings eater. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> let's let's catchphrase that before we get into trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> bulimic innings eater. Oh, great, man. Um. Anyways, the rest of AL Central, like the Guardians are who the Guardians are. They kind of sold at the trade deadline, got rid of some talent, didn't acquire much talent. Um, no Syndergaard. Yeah, they didn't acquire much talent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if he has a firstborn and is able to get rid of that thing for 100 miles an hour, that's a quote from him, not me. <laughs> Did he actually say that? He Something along the lines of like, I'd, I'd give up my firstborn if I had one to be my old self. Oh, bro, that's terrible. <laughs> that's such a hard thing to hear. As someone who wants to be a father, that pains me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Better okay. Side. <laughs> okay, let's take a second to address that. That that's that's hanging over. Um the movie of my childhood, the movie of all of our childhoods were sports met family movies and Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw, everyone fell in love with this movie, and now all of a sudden it was it was all a sham. The blind side wasn't real. I it's you that's good. You you know how much I love my nieces and nephews. I can't fathom that. That like that it strikes me in a very distinct way that I've rarely been as angry as I like that's just an evil thing to do to someone. Yeah, I'm very curious to see this legal battle play out because they're all like, well, we adopted you. And then he finds out in 2020 that he's not adopted. And they're like, well, we always told him it was a conservatorship. And it's like, well, if you told him that, wouldn't he have known that he wasn't adopted? Yeah. Like when they're, when they're yeah. writing the screenplay of the movie and they're like, let's adopt Michael Orr. You, you think the twoies would have stepped in and said, well, hold on. We didn't adopt him. Or at least someone that has seen law and order or Judge Judy or some form of legal advice. Yeah. To go, maybe let's just stick to i don't know the actual verbiage for the contract this is gonna be an ugly court battle um i'm excited <laughs> it's gonna be like johnny depp and amber heard all over again i'm gonna be watching with popcorn <laughs> um al west um yeah so texas is kind of not necessarily running away with this division but houston's up there i think this is kind of a two-horse race um, yeah. Good on Seattle, you know, 11 games over 500. They're hanging in there. Um, Julio Rodriguez is kind of having a rough second year, but he's still, he's going to be good. Just he's, kind of yeah. a bit of it. But I mean, his software slump is still really, really good baseball yeah. player. So I don't think anyone's necessarily worried about him. Um, Texas though, they had a pretty active trade deadline, right? I'm trying to think of who they traded for, but I seem to remember that they, uh, they acquired some guys. <laughs> Let's see. I've got it. They acquired Austin Hedges, catcher from the Pirates, along with, I apologize. I'm trying to scroll through quickly. Oh, they got Max Scherzer. Scherzer. That was it. Exactly. That was it. Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Um, see, this is what I wanted the Orioles to do, right? You're, you're not, yes. you're, you've got a bunch of young talent. They've got some old talent doing. I'm like Corey Seager and everyone. Marcus Simeon, but you're having an outstanding year. Go for it. Go get yes. Max Scherzer. Go get Jordan Montgomery. 
because baseball is so infuriating that you're going to be having an awesome year this year. And next year, those guys are going to be injured like Jacob deGrom and you're not going to compete. Yeah. In my opinion, if you're doing well in baseball, it, it just makes sense to go for it. The I opportunities mean, are so few. You've got to consider the fact that now they've got Max Scherzer. They're getting Jacob deGrom back. Mm-hmm. They're getting Nathan Avaldi. Like, this team's going to be good for a minute. I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant on the Jacob deGrom part just because he hasn't been healthy in years. But if he's healthy, headlining a rotation with him, Max Scherzer, and Nathan Avaldi, who is a noted playoff beast, yeah. um, that's going to be a hard team to beat come October. Because that three-headed monster, I mean, if you can keep Jacob deGrom, honestly, I would say, like, ramp him up and keep him for the playoffs. Don't mess around with giving him meaningful regular season innings. Get him out there for like two, three innings at a time. Keep him stretched out with bullpens. And then first game of the playoffs, unleash the monster. That's the way you should handle Jacob DeGraw. The regular season is pretty much meaningless. You can win the division without him. Yeah. Keep him for I mean, playoffs. I, I, I don't see the Astros pulling ahead. I mean, they're the Astros are a playoff team, but in terms of winning the division – I'm not sure. I like I like their odds to win the World Series more than I like their odds to win the division. Well, I mean, they, they went back, they went on God Verlander again, which is I mean, you, you never try to like say things are destined to happen, but the moment that Verlander was on the block, everyone was kind of like, what if? What if? And I think that's a yeah, it's probably a good thing on the part of um the Astros because they didn't give up too much to get him. Well, they gave up a decent prospect because I think the uh the Mets are paying like 35 million of his salary next year. So, yeah, so uh, basically like Steve Cohen's paying $35 million for a prospect, which in terms of dollars per war is stupid. Um, <laughs> this guy I better be, this guy better be a stud, man. Do you remember the name of the prospect? Is this, uh, this isn't Dan- Acuna's little brother. That was for Scherzer. That was for Scherzer? Yeah, the, oh, the Rangers threw it. Luis Angel Acuna. Yeah, that's true, true. We'll we'll look up the prospect. I know it was someone notable because Steve Cohen paid thirty five mil of a salary. But for the like Astros, dude, they got Verlander back. They're still in a playoff position without yeah. him, and they didn't. They don't have to pay him as much as they would have had to if they resigned him in free agency. Like I think that's amazing management on part of uh, taking advantage of the Mets. Good for them. I I I also enjoy the Mets fans that have been like, that's crazy that we gave like we paid that much of his like. What are we going to do next year? It's like, do you all think, I think Steve approaches things a bit differently than you and I do. I think he goes, hmm, well, a few billion didn't make a World Series appear. So let's try a dozen billion. Let's just, you know, I don't know. Like the good thing about this is it kind of proves, I think it proved to Steve Cohen, like you can't just buy a winner in mm-hmm. baseball. You can't do it. Um like even a team like the Dodgers, right, with their insane payroll, they can't buy a World Series anymore. The Yankees bought a few, but the vast majority of the Yankees World Series were homegrown talent. I mean, if yep. you look at the late 90s dynasty, which is the last dynasty in Major League Baseball, you've got Jeter, you got Bernie Williams, you've got Mariano Rivera, you've got all these homegrown talents. Um, the 09 World Series they kind of purchased, but you don't buy World Series in the MLB. You just can't, you can't get Tom Brady and be the Buccaneers and somehow win a Super Bowl that same year. You just can't do it. You need to acquire talent organically and you need to acquire a, the right talent. You just can't go out and spend 
you know, however many billion dollars in free agency and be good. I, I do like the storyline between Scherzer and Verlander having issues. Uh, they had issues in Detroit that were pretty well known. But That's right. They were in Detroit together. I forgot about that. Verlander. So some things ca- came out from Mets. I, I don't remember exactly who said it, but referencing that Justin Verlander had been uh quote, or sorry, not quote. I don't know who I thought I was for a second. But they said something about Verlander being a diva. I've got opinions. Plot twist. Send it. Maybe, maybe the Hall of Famer's smarter than you. Maybe it's not him. Because the issues that were spoken about were he was comparing their analytics department in New York and saying the one in Houston that he had come from was better. I'm probably going to take that advice and go, yeah, let's work on analytics. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Best pitcher of the last 15 years. I no, no, no. First ballot hall of famer. I don't think that's true. I don't think I'm going to take your advice on winning baseball games. Yeah. Why would we do that? Yeah. That's crazy. Because the Mets have won so many of the World Series, you know? That's how they... Pro- the, the World Series to the New York Mets is an idea. And Justin Verlander should have been treated as a deity. That's how I feel. <laughs> I can uh, I can tend to agree with that. I mean, I think it's kind of akin to when the Twins signed Carlos Correa, right? And for mm-hmm. his you know rough of a season as Carlos Correa has had, he's come and kind of helped transform the Twins' identity as far as the players are concerned with, like, leadership. And I've said this before on the podcast, I don't want to pay $36 million to a guy per year just for his leadership qualities. Like, as much as I love Carlos Correa as a baseball player and as a human being, um, he's not worth his money right now. But the leadership impact has been great. And seeing players look at analytics in a different way and look at training and look at practicing in a different way and as vocal as everyone's been about him – the dude knows how to win. Even if the twins aren't winning, that's more of an indictment on the twins than Carlos Correa. Um, That's what you should do. When you bring in an established winner, make sure it's the right guy. Don't bring in a psycho. That's just going to go in there and want to do things his own way. But if a guy like Justin Verlander says to you, Hey, the Astros did this and it really worked for me. Look at Garrett Cole. Look at me. Look at Charlie Morton. We we resurrected Charlie Morton's career and turned him into a guy that makes Aaron judge's knees buckle with knuckle curves uh, maybe you should listen to what that dude has to say. I'd, I'd at least pop in. I don't know. That's just me. I'm crazy like that. Um, <laughs> Insane. I, the Angels are wildly disappointing. Um, I think that about sums up the American League. <laughs> Bro, I don't even want to talk about the Angels. We've done it oh. so much, and it just annoys me. Like, the whole Otani, Trout, they're just – they're a waste of a baseball team. Just disband them already. Get rid of them. It was uh, – Sell the team, already. There was another another podcast I listened to uh, regarding baseball called Baseball is Dead. Um, and there was a quote from there where – they were like, it kind of makes baseball look stupid to say, oh, we've had, like, this team has had the two generational players and didn't even 
sniff a success. I mean, a winning season. Yeah. Like it's not even like the twins where we can't win a playoff game. The angels can't win. Like it's mind boggling. And uh, it's, it's one of the more frustrating things about the sport, Mm -hmm. but uh, it goes back to Steve Cohen, man. You can't buy a championship. You need other players. And they tried to do that, right? They had Trout. They signed him to a contract, which still underpays him. Uh, $30 million that they're paying Shohei. Dude is in the top six for every triple crown category. Yes. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. that's. I, I'm going to, like, bold that. statement. This is the best single season of baseball we've had ever. Yeah. Do you know what the second best one was? His season last year. Shohei, like last year. <laughs> Do you know what the next best season is going to be? Shohei, oh, yeah. next year. Yeah, for whatever actual competitive team he's playing on. <laughs> Dude, for his sake, yeah. I hope he leaves. Please leave, Shohei. Come to Minnesota. <laughs> we'll pay you a little bit. With, with So, did you did, did I send you all the, uh, the Shohei Otani, like, thing on YouTube? Just kind of breaking down his storyline? No, you did not. Please do. It's just wildly fascinating because he gave up two hundred mil like million dollars to come over here. Yeah, early. Yeah, so let's let's explain that quick, just in case someone doesn't know. But if you come to the major leagues, or if you get signed by a major league team prior to age twenty five, if you're an international free agent, the collective bargaining agreement basically treats you like a, a slave in a, in a way. Like you just you sign for very little money. I think his bonus is like two million dollars. And he was 23 and the team, the angels had six years of control over him because he signed in yep. this form as a 23 year old. But if he waits until he's 25, then Thompson's correct. He's signing a $200 million contract like Masahiro Tanaka did with the, with the, uh, with the Yankees. And it's, so that's, that's where that gets my gears turning for quite possibly the most terrifying scenario of all time. Shohei Otani is a dude who wants to win baseball, lives and breathes baseball, and only cares about his team being the most dominant baseball team. Yeah. This is why I think his free agency is going to be fascinating. That sounds like the Braves culture. That's terrifying. How much do you think the Braves would be willing to pay They've because, got cap space. They've got back, like they've they've got money. They every player's on a team friendly deal. Acuna's contract, bro, eight years, hundred million dollars. Ozzy Albi's contract, seven years, thirty five million dollars. You don't think that conversation would entice Shohei, a guy that has already, you know, he's. He's been pretty vocal about like I'm more concerned with winning. Mm-hmm. That's that's horrifying if he ends up in Atlanta. I, I guess that's, that's a dynasty. I guess the next question we'd have though is would he take less money to sign with a winner like Atlanta compared to signing back with the Angels? Because the Angels, Artie Marino is gonna offer him probably the most expensive contract in baseball history. It's gotta be ownership. It's gotta be partial ownership. A, a Lionel Messi contract. That's that's the only card the Angels have. They, he's paid. Like he's got he's getting six hundred mil. What else? It, he wants either winning or 
there, there's you're not going to win as the Angels. Yeah. That's the only other option. As <laughs> scary as it is, I feel like Atlanta and Los Angeles, the Dodgers are his are the yeah. two teams. That's it. Uh I'm still just pray on a prayer because he and Yoshido are homies. I'm just hoping there's, you know, I just want just Masa, if you're listening, I love you. You're a legend. Just send a text, man. Just hey, just a B. Just a B. Just one. And just be like, just checking, just popping in. That's all. You don't need to force it. We're not debt. Like, we're not, we're not the desperate. Like, we're we're just like this. We're the rom-com girl that takes her glasses off and you realize how pretty she was. <laughs> it's like, oh, boss Beantown. I hadn't considered. <laughs> I mean, dude, that left-handed swing of his with that short porch in right field. That I mean, would be uh pesky pole. That would be dangerous. I'm sorry. Let's just, you know, let's let's lead off with Trevor's story. Let's go ahead and just put Tristan Casas in the two hole. We'll have the, we'll, I mean, Shohei, Dev, like, I'm going to have it. I'm, my, my brain's going to implode thinking about that. I can't do it. Well, you guys are need to upgrade the rotation a little bit more. You need more than just Brian Bayo and Shohei, but I don't, I, as much as I wish it, for your sake that he would go to Boston, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think, uh, I've seen, I've seen a lot of Red Sox interest in Yamamoto. I would go there if I was you. I would I, rather he's going to be a lot more affordable. Brother, I'm already there, and I didn't even want to say it. I don't care how many listeners we have. If one executive heard me say that and the Red Sox don't get him, I'm going to cry for months. You hear that, This Bloom? will not be pretty for me. You hear that, Heim Bloom? <laughs> Heim? <laughs> this kid in Baton Rouge, man. He's, <laughs> we need Yamamoto. <laughs> Heim, my entire mental health is riding on this. <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> wouldn't that be like wouldn't that be absolutely insane though, bro? If like they sign him, right? They sign Yamamoto. And then um <laughs> all of a sudden High Bloom in the press conference is like, you know, I was kind of on the fence, but listen to this random baseball podcast out of New Orleans, and this guy was he was on it, man. Talking about oh. signing your sheet just like bringing Yoshida to get in Shohei. So we signed Shohei. Then all of a sudden we went out and we got Yamamoto too. Like we I love this guy. I'm, I'm all for it. So, I mean, Yamamoto is going to be expensive. Um, At a certain point, we do have to move on from the Red Sox. We have a whole other league to cover. Um, (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) We haven't touched the NL at all. So we're going to do that real quick. Um, Atlanta. We talked about them enough, dude. They're insane. Um, Matt Olson might get 60 home runs. Ronald Acuna is on pace for thir- like 40 homers and 70 stolen bases. Just give him the They're MLB. Just give him the MVP. Yeah, on baseball, on, in baseball yeah, right now. And they will be for – the Braves are going to be the most fun team to watch for the next 10 years easily. Easily. Yeah. I think they're the closest thing we have to a dynasty. And I'll give the Astros credit, right? They're kind of the closest thing we have to a dynasty. I feel like within 10 years – this stretch of Braves baseball is going to, we're going to look at it more fondly than we did. Well, they won't have, you know, trash cans and baseball bats looming over their heads. I hope. 
Um, yeah. Anyways, like the rest of the uh, NL East, there's not much happening. Everyone's pretty meh, except for the Braves. They've got a 12 and a half game leave. What do you got? Uh, Michael Lorenzen, Phillies trade deadline. No, no, no. Congrats, Michael Lorenzen. That is that is pretty cool. I think I saw a stat. I think he went to like Cal State Fullerton or something. Do you see this? There's four people that it was are his high school. His high, his high school. There are four major league pitchers that went to his high school. All four of them have thrown a no hitter. Four major leaguers, not just pitchers. So four guys from his high school made the majors, which is crazy. All four of them were pitchers that ended up throwing a no hitter. The most famous of which being Walter Johnson. Man, I love Walter Johnson. That's the old video. Have you seen the videos of him when they were trying to prove he threw a hundred? They had a motorcycle. It was a motorbike, right? Yeah, they had a motorcycle going a hundred, or they said, and they were like, just throw it as throw a baseball as it passes you. And we'll we'll see which one goes through this tarp first. I do remember which, that. I think that's how they should still do uh, velocity. <laughs> they should still measure it that way. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. That would be awesome. I think you beat the motorbike, too. I mean, Walter Johnson, they call him the big train for a reason. That man is probably the best pitcher in baseball history. I mean, that was back in the day when it was like, yeah, I'm a little bit sore. I, uh... Decent, decent workload this year through 600 innings. <laughs> I only threw 35 complete games this year. Just loosening up, though. I got another eight in winter ball. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a different time of pitching. I, you know, I'm always kind of curious. Like, if you bring Ty Cobb into this game and you bring Ted Williams into this game today, how good of a hitter would they be? They would be good, but like. One of my- one of would, my Todd, favorite... would Ted Williams bat 400? True. I, yeah. One of my favorite quotes from Ty Cobb was at, I think, his 75th birthday party. And they asked, uh, you know, if you were playing today, what do you think you would hit? And he said, I think like 275. And they went, wow, you think you'd hit 275? Why is that? And he goes, I'm 75 effing years old. <laughs> So that's a dude that I think is going to hit 275 if he's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, 275 for him would be a bad year. That's what he that He's 75 years old, man. Yeah. If y'all want to see something wild, just like go to baseball reference and look at Ty Cobb's stats. I'm going to do that right now just because I like to do it just to see it. Um, but, the man was yeah. insanely good at baseball. Let's go. Let's go through the NL Central. Like, Absent Fife. We do apologize. Um, his team, Cincinnati Reds, are down in third place. And you know what's wild? Is back when they were good, he wouldn't shut up in the group chat. It was just Reds this, Reds that. We're not hearing anything anymore. Ellie De La Cruz has not been mentioned in our group chat for a while. He's He's been busy working more hours. He's yeah. been crying a lot, guys. Been coinciding yeah. with the Reds not being as good at baseball, Will. We're on to you, dude. We're on to I, you. I mean, I... Just so in the comments, guys, be nice to him. And I know y'all will see Noah and I down there being really, really mean to him. But don't join in. <laughs> <laughs> He's in pain enough as it is. Ellie De La Cruz is not the second coming of Ty Cobb. 
Although he is fun to watch. I'm not going to say that yet. That's <laughs> dude, that dude, that kid is insane. Um, he shouldn't exist is, is probably a better way to describe Ellie De La Cruz. Again, the Reds are in a spot where they are so fun still to watch. I mean, they're because, a rotation away from winning the NL Central. I don't think that's in question. If you have three good pitchers, they're winning the NL Central, which just so happens that they've traded away Michael Lorenzen, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, those three good pitchers, you know, they're winning They're winning the NL Central this year. <laughs> they just so happen to be playing on different teams. Yeah, that's – looking back at trade history is never fun. Never no, fun. Although I will say, and you pointed this out with a pretty adept chart, uh, the Reds fleeced the Twins in the Tyler Molly trade. Um, so we've, we've gone over this at length. I have cried and mourned over this trade at length. It's been covered in other episodes, but just to, just to mention it again, the twins traded for Tyler Molly got like 10 okay starts out of him. And the reds have like one of the best hitting prospects in baseball. Um, and then they also have one of their best players just because of this trade and the twins aren't doing well this year. So Hey, the Twins are in first in their division. Bro, All right. put an asterisk by it. It's first in the AL Central. You're playing in the junior leagues, okay? Like, we would win AAA. I mean, y'all have a better record than the New York Yankees. We actually that's, have a winning record against them this year, too. That's that's That's, that's the team that does well against y'all. You know, the, the best thing about this is if we make the playoffs, the Yankees won't sweep us out of the playoffs this year. I think the Yankees are only going to be sweeping floors for the next few months. I sure hope so, dude. If It's kind of like karma, uh, even though I don't believe in karma. This feels like that. I do when it's the Yankees. It's fair. That's but- fair. They deserve it. They do. I don't think Cashman's had an, a season under 500, so this could be the first time. This is the first time in a long time the Yankees have been this not even disappointing because they weren't great. <laughs> like, Bro, I was in this year, they weren't scaring anyone. So I was in New York City a couple weeks ago for work for a few weeks, and I went to a Yankees game and I was in right field, which if you go to Yankee Stadium is a place to be. Beautiful, beautiful way to watch a ball game. And there were a couple disgruntled Yankees fans in this in the area that I was in, and there were multiple trades of uh, fire Cashman. And then one guy started chanting, "Sell the team," and uh, a couple guys looked at him and they're like, "That's a little rash." But yes, fire Cashman. I was yeah. like, Thompson would love this. I'm, I'm just sitting there in Joker makeup, happy, just <laughs> watching the world burn. <laughs> Yeah, that sounded like you. That sounds like you. While Fenway's like smoldering, I'm like, don't don't worry about what's going on back there. I'm that yeah, that over there, we're fine. They're good over there. It's all there's good. no problems. Don't stress. Don't, don't worry about the Yankees, man. They'll be okay. They'll be okay. Now um, the NL West. Dude, the Dodgers are on a 10-game winning streak right now. The Dodgers have quietly been a dynasty forever. Like incredible team it's just wild that they haven't won as many uh world series as as they should have i'm true because but i mean dude they that's a mm, they've they won, won 2017 we'll they've give them that so many hundred win seasons that like cool <laughs> 
don't don't really matter without the the, the cherry on top. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really really frustrating. But I mean, dude, I think if they win two more, or if if they had won two more, this is considered a dynasty up with some of the Yankees. Like, yeah, I would agree. They've been freakishly good. I agree. Um, I heard a heard a couple of rumors. I want to get your thoughts on it. But apparently, Clayton Kershaw is considering hanging up the spikes after this year. Thirty five years old, still ERA under three, still Clayton Kershaw. Thinking about yeah. retiring. What do you think? Hall of Famer. Yeah. If he wants, like, that's a situation where, yeah, man. Hey, if. No, no one should be asking Clayton Kershaw to pitch another inning for the Dodgers in that organization. If he wants to, they should obviously bring him on or bring him back, but he, he's got nothing to prove to anyone. Like that dude's walking to Cooperstown without a second thought. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wild, though, how for so many years, like, the benchmark was you need 300 wins. Um, Burt Blylevin almost didn't make the Hall of Fame because he didn't have 300 wins, despite having, like, the fourth most strikeouts of all time. Clayton Kershaw has 208 wins. And we're like, yeah, first ballot, no-brainer, got to go. Like, I'm so glad that the qualifications for the Hall of Fame have changed. So thankful. Is it, 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 it allows for the inclusion of pitchers that have defined our, I mean, I don't think there's a single pitch more recognizable than the Clayton Kershaw curveball. Oh yeah. Just the big dropper. Just everyone knows it's coming. You know that when it, you know that when it starts two feet out the strike zone, it's going to end up middle, middle with the catcher, not moving his glove and the batter just going to be staring at it. You know, that's going to happen. And it still does. Every single time anyone who is right-handed has thrown a pitch lefty, they do the Clayton Kershaw arm race. That happens every t- if I could be throwing, I could be at work throwing a paper ball at a wall. Cause that, you know, that's what I do professionally. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I'm throwing left-handed, I'm hitting the Kershaw. hundred percent. Or I've done Chris sale, but you know, I'm injury prone. <laughs> do you the Chris sale. Then you proceed to fall off your bike and break your face those two things are correlated I'm not i'm not bringing that into the universe again i <laughs> don't want to speak it into existence honestly the next cycle i hope chris sale gets on i hope he doesn't get caught and he gains 60 pounds <laughs> yeah that's fair anyways kershaw i mean dude is still playing it's era is two 2.48 he's 11 and 4 i mean like he would be going out at the peak of his game, which I think is a fun, fun thing to talk about. Cause that so rarely happens in baseball. You've seen so many guys the last year of their career they're You're like, why, why did you do that? Like, why are you wearing that uniform? I mean, for the twins, it was Harmon Killebrew. He went to the Royals for one year and sucked. And you're just kind of like, I don't know, man, like just, 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 just yeah. retire. I get why they want, they want to keep playing. They still believe in themselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But at a certain point, it's like, just yeah, take the hint. So I would personally think it'd be cool for him to just walk away. I mean, he's 35, but he's played 16 years. Dude broke into the bigs when he was 20. Yeah. He's like, there's not a soul that can look at him and say he's not 
solidified in baseball history as one of the greats. Like that's going to like, he was a generation Sandy Koufax. Yeah. I think he's better than Sandy, but yeah, you're completely right. He's the guy that like you would go to watch your team play when he, yeah. co- when he showed up into town, especially if you're an AL team, because you knew that he was just going to dominate your roster and you didn't yeah. care. I think last year he threw like eight, no hit innings at target field. I was watching the game and I'm like, this is amazing. I hope they break it up, but this is incredible. He's just, he's, he's been electric. And if, if, if this is the last year of Clayton Kershaw, everyone should be saying thank you. Like and that would that would be an unfortunate thing, right? Like Miggy Miguel Cabrera has gotten a goodbye tour, and the Twins just finished playing the Tigers. And goodbye tour is great. He's ruined so many Twins games over my the course of my life, and so many games everywhere because he's so good. And he's he's got a farewell tour. Derek Jeter got a farewell tour. That is the way to do it. I would want Clayton Kershaw to get one of those. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. But it would be very much like him to just, you know, quiet of the night, send out a tweet like, hey, all I'm done. <laughs> Deuces. You're like, no, it's no big deal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Johnson just bought the Dodgers back. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep winning. Um, anyways, like, NL West, it's the Dodgers to win. Um, San Francisco, second place, 10 games out. Sorry, guys, you're not making that up. Nope. It's not going to happen. The backs are disappointing. Padres have not even been close i think the padres are getting close to the mets yankees and angels version of disappointing yeah um that's a that is a bad team i i my only disagreement is they never really were warm they never really had a stretch like they just underwhelmed I mean, like the Yankees, Aaron Judge can carry you. Yeah. The Angels, I guess Shohei can't, <laughs> which is insane. But the Padres, like I've watched Xander put the Red Sox on his back. I have, like, we've seen Juan Soto do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. We've, I mean, we've seen Machado play like an MVP. And, it's like it's a whole year where none of the you know M- MLB commodities were were beneficial at all. Like it's it's it, that's very disappointing. And the Rockies are in Colorado. I at this point I'd be thinking about relocation. I think they're going to do a trade for the Coliseum at this point. Move to I Oakland, man. What the Rockies are doing. Could you imagine how wild that would be if Colorado moves to Oakland and gets a new stadium? The the cloud of weed smoke that would follow from Denver to Oakland, to Oakland would, I mean, you'd see it from space. Yeah. It would still be a mile-high stadium, just, you know, yeah. at, at ocean level. It would um, be, God, that'd be fantastic. That would be wild. Uh, but seriously, like, I don't I don't think it would ever happen. But you are when 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 you're not that good of a hitting team, um <laughs> you are at a significant disadvantage playing when at five thousand feet. I mean, they 
it's like I I I think of the Rockies and I think of Carlos Gomez, I you know Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, like I think Trevor Story, like mm-hmm. they've had players. Tulowitzki, Tulowitzki, DJ LeMahieu, mm-hmm. um, oh Todd Helton. Am I crazy? No, Todd Helton played for him number of okay. years. For some reason, I was like Larry I... Walker. Yes. Where? How do you not figure out a way to just play competitive ball yeah, for a I, season? It's like the Angels, man. Like some teams just can't figure it out. It's the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Hurts to be a fan of that kind of team. Spoken by someone who is a fan of that kind of team. <laughs> well, at least we figured out the regular season. We have not figured out playoff baseball. Like we just, we just haven't. Yeah, that's where I feel like the the older cousin who's like already been through college in this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, playoffs are crazy. Y'all just wait. I'm like, wait, there's something. Yeah, I'm like, there's something past the wild card round. <laughs> I thought everyone just went Beyond home. The river bend. <laughs> yeah, I thought everyone just went home after that. Like, it's just a little powwow. You lose a couple games, and that's it, right? Well, October was football season. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I, yeah, by the time October runs around, like I'm getting disappointed by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I so uh, complete change of topic, but I finished. Uh, well, I didn't finish. I, I finished watching the last episode of Quarterback where Kirk Cousins was in it, and mm. they relived <clears throat> the playoff loss um, where on fourth and eight, Cousins throws a two yard out to T.J. Hawkinson, <laughs> and I was like, "Can I get an explanation from Kirk?" Like, why, why, why'd you do that, man? And he's like, well, JJ was doubled and nothing was available. So I was like, I'm either going to get sacked or throw a TR out and I'll throw a TR out. And I was like, I, I understand that thought process, but Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the national football league. Yeah. Let's just, you know, you, you saw the bills game. JJ just oh. decided to make a catch that no one else on earth could make. It's throw the Joe Burrow quote, man. F it. He's down there somewhere. <laughs> For Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Like and it worked, man. It worked. What I mean, in in college, watching those two, it was not a 50-50 ball ever. No. Ever. It was like 80-20 or 90-10. I mean, if it was a successful defensive attempt, if they got a hand on it, it was bananas to watch. Yeah. I mean the 2019 LSU Tigers, dude. That that team is ridiculous. I mean, in addition to Jamar Chase and um and Justin Jefferson, you had another first rounder in Clyde Edwards Alaire, first overall draft pick in Joe, Joe Burrow, multiple draft picks along the offensive line, and you had a second round pick in Terrace Marshall. It was that's insane. And LSU's team this year is supposed to be stacked, but that's for a a podcast we haven't even started yet yeah we might we might have to do that i've uh, given the state of the big 10 and welcoming oregon <laughs> and washington and usc and ucla i have realized that the minnesota golden gophers are never winning another big 10 so i should dive <laughs> headfirst into my lsu fandom that i've won by marrying an lsu tiger so Docs As tigers you, you can marry into it yeah. just means yeah, I mean, I'll go and, like, recruit for my work at LSU, and they're like, ah, LSU alum. I'm like, ah, I married an LSU alum. Does that count? Give me a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. All right, man, any saved rounds? Any last things we want to chat about? Otherwise, like, we we ran through. We voiced some strong opinions, which I like. I appreciate. Um, 
didn't talk about LA De La Cruz that long, which is a, a first for this podcast. True, true. I wonder why. <laughs> um, I'm just going to draw a correlation here. Um, <laughs> we miss you, Will. We do. We do. We do. It'll get better. It'll get better. Yes. Y'all, y'all, y'all as a team are going to get worse, but it'll get better. Yeah, we promise. We promise. Um, anyways, y'all, like, appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you do, all four of you, we're, we're grateful. Um, we'll, uh, Hi. Hi. <laughs> no, you're listening. <laughs> yeah, all of our significant others. That's what we got. Um, <laughs> and my mother. My mother listens. <laughs> Sorry for for me in general. <laughs> I'll make sure she knows. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. We'll uh, we'll catch you soon. Thanks.